Welcome everyone to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Witcher, and today we're gonna talk about five things that you never want to say or hear at the IEP table. After working on IEPs for over 25 years, I've heard a lot of things at the IEP table that are not right. It's not appropriate. It's not the way that we need to be leading in special education. And the way that our education system is right now, we need to step up and make sure that if you're hearing these statements, you know what to say. And if you're saying these statements, it's time to stop. So let's jump right in with the first thing that you never want to say or hear at the IEP table. We hear this one a lot. It's usually when a parent is asking for something to be done differently than it's been done before, and we hear somebody say, we don't do that here. We don't do that here is a cop-out. We absolutely can do that here. We might need to do it differently than what the parent is asking. We may need to really step out of our comfort zone to get this done but we don't do this here just means that you haven't done it before. Most of the time when a parent is asking for something to be done inside of the context of an IEP meeting for their special education programming for their child, it's not something that is out of the ordinary for another district. They probably got the idea from a fellow special needs parent or from a parent support group or maybe even from another special education teacher. They typically have some type of basis for what they're asking for, why they're asking for it, and I hope that they brought the data to support why they're making the big ask. But no matter what the situation of why a parent is asking, we don't do that here is not something that you ever should say or hear. One of the things that you can say back is exactly what we just talked about. A lot of times the reason you hear it is because the school district hasn't done it in the past. So you can say, well, I know that you may have not done this in the past. However, how can we move forward and explore this? If it's an outright no, we don't do that here. You can also ask, where is the data to support your decision? Again, if you're gonna make a unique ask, as a special needs parent, you need to make sure that you have the data to support that ask. And if you're hearing a no, you absolutely can ask for the data to support the no. Now, most of the time, this is not the teacher or the therapist who's saying no. This is an administrator who is saying, we don't do that here because it's not standard procedure and that's okay. So let's step into just for a second into the purpose and findings of IDEA law. If you're new here to the Special Education Inner Circle podcast, then get ready to take some notes. If you've been listening for a while, you know how this goes. The entire purpose and findings of a child's IEP we know it as to provide a free and appropriate public education, but it's also to meet a child's unique needs and to prepare them for further education, employment, and independent living. Now that unique needs part right there. Now I'm not making this up. Really, you guys can go Google purpose and findings of IDEA law. You'll absolutely find it. That unique needs is typically where this ask is coming from at the IEP table. When a parent is asking for something unique, such as 
In fact, I got something in my inbox not that long ago, just a few days ago, where a mom is using ABA therapy at home and in a clinic in the community, and it cuts into the school hours. So she wants to create a modified program where the school is in, uh, the, the child's in school part of the time and is in the ABA program the other part of the time. She's not even asking the school to pay for the ABA therapy. She just needs a modified schedule, a modified attendance for her child. And she got an immediate, we don't do that here. Absolutely a situation like that can be done and there has to be data to support it. There has to be data to make sure that we're making the right decision as a team with collective knowledge, but it absolutely can be done. The next thing that you never want to say or hear at the IEP table is, let's just wait and see. Who has heard that one before? We'll just wait and see. Here's the thing. I totally get that sometimes we can't make decisions right away, that we need more information, or we got to go check in with somebody who needs to be part of the discussion and they weren't at the IEP meeting. I totally get that. We're going to have to wait and see sometimes, but there's wait and see in a passive way, and there's wait and see in an active way. So we don't want the wait and see in a passive way. As in, yeah, I hear your concerns. Mm, let's just check in later about that. No, 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 we don't want that. If you're gonna do a wait and see, you need to make sure that we're gonna wait and see and take data in the meantime. Or we're gonna wait and see and we're gonna go do that consult with somebody else. Or we're gonna wait and see and we're gonna collaborate and try some new strategies and then take notes on that. And we're gonna see what happens. Wait and see is only appropriate if it's going to be active waiting. Meaning like we're doing something during this waiting period before we make a big decision. Maybe we're going to make some changes in a child's supports and accommodations before we move them to a different placement. So instead of saying, well, let's just wait and see how next semester goes and then we'll explore other placement options. Instead, we're going to wait and see. And during this time, we're going to do some things differently. We're going to take down some information. We're going to collaborate. Then we're gonna reconvene there's a timeline on it. We're gonna reconvene and then we'll see what happens next. So that timeline piece is also very important when you're doing an active waiting period, like you're doing something during this period of wait and see, you need a time for that wait and see to stop. All of you have experienced uh, that, that conversation that happens at the IEP table. It says, we're just gonna wait and see and then nobody checks in on it later and six months goes by and you realize like, wait, there was no follow-up? On this, no, because you are in a wait and see situation and that's not where you wanna be. So just remember, if you hear wait and see, you don't have to get upset. You can actually, if you're the teacher and you hear one of your colleagues say, let's just wait and see, you can participate in the conversation and say, okay, so while we're figuring this out, what kind of data should we be taking? When are we gonna reconvene? What are we gonna do next? So you can absolutely move this conversation along and as a parent, you can do exactly the same thing. The third thing that you never want to hear or say at the IEP table is, we don't have the money for that. See, here's the thing. Federal law says, that your child gets a free and appropriate public education to meet their unique needs to prepare them for further education, employment, independent living. It doesn't say based on the district's funding. It doesn't say that. 
Now, I know the federal government made these big promises of how much money they were going to give individual states to make sure that ideal law was funded. I know that districts are going through, you know, budget issues. They always are. They always will be. It's just part of public education. All right. So the budget is absolutely 100 percent not an appropriate topic for the IEP table. Shut that down. Don't participate in that conversation. Absolutely say, you know what, I understand that budgeting is a concern of the districts. However, my child is entitled to an appropriate education and we need to stay on topic of my child's education because the budget is not a topic of this IEP. So you just want to redirect to stay on topic. I know that sounds really direct, but you got to shut that one down real fast because making decisions based on funding actually if you're a teacher or an admin who has said that before, be real careful because having done this for a really long time and helping parents through situations, the minute I hear that as a master IP coach, as a uh, you know person who's supposed to be finding all the loopholes that are happening in a child's education, that sticks out really bad where I'm saying, oh, so you know you should be doing better but you're not because of money. Oh, I just now found a big open door to walk through and figure out what else is wrong, what else is being held back because money is an issue. So just keep in mind, guys, this is a big red flag if you hear that. That means it's not just about this issue, whatever brought up that comment of we don't have the money, it's something else going on on a big picture, meaning like there's more issues, most likely in the programming than you're even aware of. If you ever hear IEPs are only for academics, that's another one that you never wanna hear or say, IEPs are not just for academics, absolutely not. I've already said it twice, I won't repeat the entire thing a third time, but remember, we just said prepare a child for further education, employment, and independent living. That's a whole heck of a lot more than just keeping up with the curriculum and the general education. You can absolutely step outside of standardized curriculum and create an IEP that is truly individualized, meets a child's unique needs, and you know looks at those long-term needs and eliminates the fluff that happens throughout the school day that's taking away from what a child really needs. Let me um, give you an example I'm talking about. If you really look through a child's school day and you figure out how much time are they spending on things that are important to prepare them for further education, employment, independent living, and how much time are they spending on other stuff that's not relevant long-term? Because there's a lot of that. There's a lot of things that happen in a school day that are not relevant uh, for long-term. And so we want to, first of all, make sure that we are streamlining a child's education. When we start to look at the IEP through the lens of further education, employment, independent living, we start to realize that it's not just about the time spent on academics, that it's about the time spent struggling on the playground or the time spent missing recess 
because they didn't do their homework. Oh my gosh, we'll talk about that on another podcast because that's an issue. There are so many times that a child is missing out on pieces of their education because the non-academic things are limiting their access to the rest of their school day. So absolutely, if you have a child that is struggling with executive functioning, they're struggling with self-help skills, they're struggling with the skills that are truly gonna make uh, them independent as they grow up and go through these school years, we need to refocus and start to redefine what is a meaningful education for this child inside of the school day and look at every piece of the day broken down. And if anybody tells you that IEPs are only for academics, you hop right back over to that purpose and findings of idea law. Now, if you're thinking, this is a lot, <laughs> these are a lot of things to remember. This is a lot of stuff that, I, that you're telling me to look up. I'm going to encourage you to come over to specialedinnercircle.com. Specialedinnercircle.com is where we can we continue the conversation that we're having here together on the podcast. It's where I get to dig in with you deeper. You get to ask questions. You get to say things like, wait, you said this about them uh, not just using the IEP for academics, but when I asked for my child to get help in organization, they told me, no, that's not an IEP thing. What do I do? I'm going to have some more questions for you and my master IEP coaches who are inside of the inner circle. They're going to help you out. You become a VIP of the inner circle where I get to help walk you through these pieces. So you're not doing it alone because this is like being on an island sometimes, right? These phrases that I'm teaching you right now, your neighbor who doesn't have a child in special education, they have no idea what we're talking about. So it's important to be surrounded by people who truly understand the language of special education, the strategies of special education, and can show you how to get through these sticky situations so you can create this meaningful IEP. So again, that's specialedinnercircle.com. All right, here's the last one. If it's not in the IEP, we can't help. Simply not true. The IEP is the bare minimum that needs to be taken care of in regards to this appropriate education. It's the outline, it's the foundation, it's the beginning. It's what we're going to track data on. It's what we're going to discuss on the agenda when we sit down at an IEP meeting. It's absolutely the core of a child's education. However, that does not mean that we can't try something else in math. What it means is that we can't stop doing what's in the IEP. We have to keep doing what's in the IEP, what we're like listed in the IEP, okay? So we have to keep doing those things, but we can always try something new. And I don't mean just for one day. Don't tell me you tried something for one day, two days, three days, and it didn't work, okay? So you can try a new strategy. You can take data on other things outside of the IEP. You can absolutely get creative in how you're going to address those needs for further education, employment, and independent living. You 100% can work on things that are not academic and not in the IEP. Now, hear this real clear. If it's not in the IEP, nobody's accountable for taking data or making sure there's follow through. That's another conversation too, 
All right. So don't take verbal promises at the IEP table as uh, a guarantee that something's going to get done. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when uh, a teacher says, I can't try this reading strategy because the IEP says we have to use this other reading strategy. Not true. You can use the other reading strategy and you can implement something different and start to take data on that. Just because you're trying something new doesn't mean that you have to stop what's written in the IEP. So it's okay to get creative. In fact, why would I change an IEP without taking down some information on if the new strategy is going to be successful or not? We would be changing IEPs all the time. In fact, that happens a lot. People who have four, five, six, seven, a dozen IEP meetings, and yes, that's for one student, it's because they keep on trying new things and putting it into the paperwork to try it. It doesn't work. So then they all have to come back together. And every time we go to an IEP meeting, we're taking away team members from working hands-on with their students. I'm not saying IEP meetings are not important. I'm not saying that they're uh, not critical to what needs to happen. What I'm saying is let's have as few as possible and get it done right the first time, maybe the second time if needed, maybe a follow-up. All right. But you absolutely can try new things outside what of what is written in the IEP. The key is that you just can't stop what you are already doing. All right. So you guys heard me mention uh, that I have master IEP coaches inside of the special education inner circle. If you're curious, what's a master IEP coach? You're thinking, I want to master all of this IEP stuff and I want to help other people. That's at masteriepcoach.com. Our next session will be starting soon. They only run three times a year. So the next one is coming up. So if you're like, nope, I'm, I just need to take care of me right now. I need to take care of me and my child or me and my students. That's at specialedinnercircle.com. If you're like, uh, I'm all in, I love strategies like this. I want to be able to help others too. That's at masteriepcoach.com. And remember to please hop over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a five-star review and leave some comments on what you learned during this session of our special education inner circle podcast every time a review is left that means that we have the opportunity to reach more teachers more parents and make a bigger impact in special education i cannot wait to see you guys inside of the special education inner circle